Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Longhorn Wealth Management Group. I want to thank them and John Donovan for sponsoring today's show. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined right now by Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On3. And Bobby Burton, of course, will be joining us here momentarily. But Jerry, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. We're not going to wait on Bobby. As he's, on, was- he's on his way, people. He's on his way. I think he's I, I think I think he spilled his coffee on himself when I was reading the manscape coming up uh ad. <laughs> it's, uh, well, everybody's fired up and they have every reason to be as number three Texas is now playoff bound. They'll be heading to face number two Washington in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans on January first. And uh man, let's start with Sark yesterday. He talked to you know, talked to the media, gave some updates. Let's start with the health of the team. Yeah, I think that was important. You know, he he said he was very confident on Xavier Worthy and Ryan Watts. Obviously, we're uh, 29 days out from a national semifinal. First off, how awesome is that to say? 29 days out from Texas as the three seed taken on Washington as the two seed in New Orleans, which is going to amount to a Texas home game. And if Texas were to win that game, they get another home game for the national championship in Houston. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But yeah, Sark mentioned the health of the team. He wasn't quite as confident on Austin Jordan, which was, you know, he was more confident on Ryan Watts and Xavier Worthy. Obviously, he felt good about those guys. He left the door cracked on Austin Jordan just a little bit. But I I think overall health of the team, uh, look, everybody's going to be a healthy, pretty healthy team uh, with a game not being played until 29 days. That includes Washington, their wide receiver core. Uh, three of their four top receivers all missed a game or two or more. McMillan missed half the season this year. So everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be loose, playing fast. Uh, maybe not loose. There might be some nerves, but we're, we're going to have some, some loose limbs playing fast um, for sure. But te- health of the Texas team is pretty good. All the guys with the minor, you know, bumps and bruises, Cedric Baxter, um, you know, uh, guys like that, uh, will, they'll have time to get fully healthy. No doubt about it, Jerry. Well, the other big news, of course, that we'll come back to that game here in just a minute. But the other big news today is transfer portal, and it's already crazy out there this morning. I mean, teams from all over, players you wouldn't expect already are are announcing their intent to be in the transfer portal. Give everybody a little update on that one. I mean, you can't keep up with it. It's mass hysteria. I'm my eyes are on College Station the next two days. Walter Nolan obviously plans to enter the portal. Um, I've heard a lot of Oregon early on there. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but, you know, I mean, look, there were I, I posted on Inside Texas a bunch of other names uh, that I'm watching in College Station. A lot of pressure on the Aggies, man. I mean, and you're talking Shamar Stewart, five-star from Miami, a D-lineman. Fidel Diggs could go to the NFL, could could just portal somewhere else, the uh, big-time edge rusher. Tariq Chappelle, corner. Evan Stewart, receiver. Jacoby Matthews, safety. What will tight end Jake Johnson do with Max Johnson being at North Carolina? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm missing a couple other guys. I was told this morning, obviously, but Texas A&M has some work in front of them, and that's going to be very impactful. I'm not sure for Texas necessarily, uh, but you know, impactful for, for Texas' rival. The game is back. Uh, it's a big couple of days coming up. Uh, for Noah Thomas from Clear Springs and another name I heard as a possibility this morning. So we'll see if Texas A&M can keep some of those guys in the portal. Even if they jump in the portal, what are the odds some of them return back to Texas A&M? Uh, we'll see. But uh, A&M has a lot of pressure. Uh, Juice Wells, the receiver uh, that was originally James Madison, teammate of Tucker Dorsey, um, who's been at South Carolina, 
uh, said he plans to enter the portal. That's one uh, for Texas fans to watch. And by the way, Elijah Elijah Robinson not uh, taking the D coordinator job at Syracuse. That really uh, that really hurts Texas A and M, especially two days before the portal opens. Bobby, hey, it sounds like I just missed the entire Aggie roster heading to the portal <laughs> for the second consecutive year. And, and, and meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher's uh, on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> With twenty-five million early pay dollars, and then out of seventy-five, yeah, just swimming in cash. <laughs> so, Jerry, I, I want to be clear. I, I, since I'm part of this conversation, I'm be with y'all for an hour here. I need to know what the overall gist was. I heard the last part of it. I had technology problems. My, my apologies to those that are, are they're listening. The gist of it is A and M guys. You're hearing a lot of movement this morning. Yeah, I've I've heard that they that big couple of days coming up for uh, Texas A and M over in College Station, and uh, you know, look, I think the one thing we have to say is just because a guy enters the portal, you know, that doesn't mean he's a hundred percent gone, right? There's leverage situations, but normally you are. But you got to think back to a Marius Mims, the offensive lineman from Georgia, jumped in the portal. Hell, it was even reported he was going to FSU. What did he do? He ended up back at Georgia. So it's not always 100% that these guys, even if they jump in the portal, are gone, but it's a very high percentage once you hit put your name in. I, I like this one. We're going to leave this one up for a second. Breaking news from Long Gunman, 12th man entering portal. <laughs> That's a good one, Juan. <laughs> hey, uh, Gary, did y'all talk about Dylan Gabriel already as well? We have not. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is, in the, is expected to hit the portal or in the portal. That's big because that means Oklahoma uh, decided that, that that Jackson Arnold, the five-star, former five-star out of Denton Geyer, is their next quarterback. Uh, that also means Texas may end up playing Dylan Gabriel again next year and start against uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> they can't get rid of him no matter what, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Or Jeff Levy. I mean, that Jeff Levy offense did give Texas problems. Uh, obviously – Jerry, you look like you have more news to bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A juice. People are asking about Juice Wells, the receiver out of South Carolina. We believe Texas has real interest there. Does that mean he ends up at Texas? We can't say that, but Texas has interest in Juice Wells. Uh, I also see some people asking about Arch Manning and the portal to Ohio State. Don't worry about it. He's he's where he's want here. He's where he wants to be. I mean, other people are just going to have to get over it. The question I have is when and if does Quinn Ewers announce? his decision uh, of staying to be a Longhorn or heading to the pros. As we've reported, we believe that he's likely staying. Jerry? Why would why would Arch Manning go to Ohio State and lose to Michigan when he can stay here and beat Michigan next year? That makes no sense. Next. And possibly this year. <laughs> and possibly this year. <laughs> no. I, Jerry, uh, your, your thought on the A&M portal situation, and the, I, I want to segue into the Texas portal situation because – Ultimately, it's it's fun to poke fun at the Aggies. Everybody does. Um, but the the idea uh, that Texas right now uh, and what's going to happen with the portal with some of their guys, Steve Sarkeesian is beginning to have meetings uh, this week with players uh, for the University of Texas. It's likely there are some that are going to go in the portal. We don't know how many, and we don't know exactly who quite yet. Um, but what are your expectations for Texas in the portal? And do you expect Texas to lose anyone that you're just like, oh, no, they can't lose that guy? I don't expect that. I don't expect that with Texas. I, I think there's a great, great culture um, uh, at Texas. And I think uh, 
I've heard nothing of that uh, at this point. Uh, I've, I've heard only positive things uh, coming out of Austin in that regard. My, um, my, my expectations for the portal, one or two wide receivers, tight end that can stretch the field, the de- interior defensive lineman, if he's deemed SEC good. That is a big part of this. You're no longer in the Big 12. You're going to the SEC. Texas does not play against great offensive linemen this year, save the tackle from uh, Oklahoma and a couple others, not offensive lines in general. They are going to play higher-end talent, so he has to be deemed SEC level. There's no reaches at that position going to the SEC. Uh, linebacker possibility, punter possibility, safety possibility. Somebody's asking about Dominic McKinley. Hasn't had any contact with Texas um, recently. Um We'll see if that changes in the next 24, 48 hours. We'll keep you up to date. What about uh, Kobe Black, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and group uh, in uh, Waco last night, the five-star or four-star defensive back, uh, Longhorns recruiting him as a corner. Uh, Anything there? Oh, by the way, Joseph Diaz, who's who's asking this question, he is the president of the Texas X's in New Orleans. We're going to get together and have a big bash. Yes, we are. We are going to do that. And uh, he's working it out with some other people right now, including folks at the Texas One Fund. Uh, And so that's news of that to come for everybody that wants to join us. Uh, But Jerry, any any news on Kobe Black? I don't think there's going to be anything new coming out on that. Uh, It's December 13th is when he is announcing Texas is a big, heavy favorite. I mean, I think that's where this is at. And I don't I don't see that changing. Um, I think obviously now with his date set, his whole family can be there, including brother Corey Black. So it's a date that works for the entire family. Uh, Xavier feels same. I think uh, Billy Napier, um, uh, it's Phil Sami, by the way. I think Billy Napier, Austin Armstrong expected by McKinney this week. Texas also expected by McKinney this high this week. Both of those are expected to do in-home visits. Uh, possibility Phil, Sa- Phil Sami uh, officially visits this weekend or early next week. Uh, we'll see which date actually gets locked in. Texas coach staff scattered around the country, guys. <clears throat> I was told this morning Deshard Choice is expected to be at IMG Thursday to see Jarrett Gibson. Uh, Bo Davis expected in Mississippi to see Mississippi State commitment Terrence Hibbler uh, on Tuesday. He may visit Alabama. Alabama's also in that one. TJ Lindsay officially told Texas he's staying with Auburn. Um and then we have uh, Kyle Flood's out in California. We reported all of this on Inside Texas Sunday, by the way. Kyle Flood is out in California to see Brandon Baker take one last swing of the bat at DeAndre Carter, but Auburn's a tough out, man. Auburn is very, very invested in putting a great class together um, and, and having success on the field. Uh, so I think Auburn's a tough one to tangle with right now if you're trying to flip a recruit, I'll say that. So the Texas staff's going to be – out and about around the country uh, this week. We know A.J. Milwee uh, is going to be out to see Trey Owens, and he's also expected in Sarah Land uh, to, to, to watch uh, uh, K.J. Lacey. Uh, Jeff Banks in home with Jordan Washington and his family today. Uh, so the Texas staff, they're out and about around the country. Um, we don't have news on Jeff Choate if he's going to coach the playoffs. We would expect that, Bobby, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, he's expected to take the Nevada job if it hasn't already been announced. I know people, a couple of different people reported that he was not only the leading candidate, but the the likely hire uh, for Nevada. Congratulations to Jeff Choate, who spent three years in Austin. He grew up in Austin, uh, coached, head coach at Montana State, came back to Austin uh, for a uh, linebacker's job at the University of Texas, and now getting his opportunity to coach, uh, be a head coach at a higher level 
Uh, congratulations to him and his family. Uh, that's that's great news for him. Uh, look, Jerry, y'all been talking about this. We haven't even talked about the game on Saturday. I know. I know. The football playoffs. I mean, there's so much to talk about today, which is awesome. Before we get to that, I need to read our friend John Donovan at LonghornWealth.net, if you don't mind, guys. Uh, John is a proud Texas X's Life member. He and his wife and all six siblings uh, are also UT grads. So it's his deep Longhorn family pride that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management solutions for Texas alumni, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions uh, to his company. So if you would like a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you achieve your own financial goals and create tax-free income for you and your loved ones, please give John Donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. John was out there with us, uh, Jerry, on Friday afternoon at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue as well. It's good to see him out there. Great to see John Donovan and everybody that came out to Terry Black's Barbecue. Uh, it was great to meet some uh, <clears throat> new people, uh, obviously, that are part of uh, OTF. So it was nice meeting everybody and spending some time chatting with everybody. And I, hey, everybody went home happy Saturday. That was important, <laughs> too. I mean, I, I, everybody that was at Terry Black's went to the game Saturday, to my, the best of my knowledge. And uh, uh, what a 48 hours it's been, guys. <laughs> It really has been, and it's great to talk about it. Um, there's so many questions. One of them that I do want to get to is it relates to the portal, okay, uh, that just came in, and it's it's from Russell. It's a, it's a uh, super chat. Russell asks, should we worry about Malik Murphy entering the portal before the playoffs? I, I think it might be one of those situations where Sark would let him enter the portal before the playoffs, yet he might stay with Texas, even though Sark, Sark has had the uh, rule that if you go in the portal, we're done. Okay, we're done. Now, he had one exception for that rule, if we, we recall. One very small, minor exception. This spring, Jaden Alexis went in the portal the morning of the spring game. Yeah. You remember that, Jerry? Yeah. Well, Sark let him participate in the spring game so he could have tape for people to show and, them that he was healthy enough. And, and by so the way, that's the only exception, though, that Sark's had. So if you put your name in the portal, it, there's not a situation where you're coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jaden Alexis, that, that was a kid who d had done all the right things, worked his butt off to rehab his knee, had a serious knee injury, and Sark was rewarding that kid. It was a great I, I, it's Almost like what he, how he rewarded Jonathan Brooks on that's Saturday. Right. That's a, lot right. of, a lot of culture at play there uh, to – to be clear, I, I just want to say one should other we thing. Worry about it. Should we worry about it? I, I got um, to talk about Murphy. Should we worry about that? Or let me ask you this: Is Arch Manning truly the number two right now? If he wasn't, why would he have gotten any time in that game on Saturday? I, that was. I, I think. I think if Malik is gonna uh, hit the portal, he's in a really tough spot from a timings perspective with Texas being in the playoffs. Because the re reality is, quarterback spots are the most important in the portal. And you either have to know where you're going and don't hit the portal, have a guarantee, which is a scary thing. Uh, but your people behind the scenes, obviously, um, or, or you have to go in because look, I mean, Kyle McCord's in the portal, Walker Howard. I mean, just think about that's the starting point. 
Max Johnson's already going to, to UNC. So just think about where we're at at the quarterback position. If you're looking to leave, you it waiting till January 10th possibly isn't the best place to be in. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. And by the way, uh, if if we all look tired on this live stream every morning, just expect that for the next month. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Hey, tired but happy. Yeah. If, if any Longhorn fan, so I work. I woke up with a little bit of a migraine on mon- on Sunday. I was like, man, I'm tired, uh, you know. But I got some coffee in me. Did a little lap around the block, walking out in the fresh air. All of a sudden, poof. It was time to get on the live stream at 10.30 in the morning after we did the grading with the horns, Jerry. And, uh, you know, that it's amazing how, uh, I don't know, endorphins can change your outlook on life uh, when things happen like they, they did yesterday and Saturday uh, for the Longhorns. All right, Blake, you want to introduce our weekly guest here? Yeah, he needs no introduction by now. He joins us every Monday morning right here on Coffee and Football. Diamante Tucker Dorsey, also known as Tuck. Tuck, how you doing? Doing good, man. How y'all boys doing? The good. How how did what did you think of that game on Saturday, bud? Listen, man, we did what we needed to do, had a business. We got in. We got in. <laughs> how many of your uh, former teammates have you talked to uh, since that announcement was made or since the Big 12 championship game? All of them. You know, I'm in the building. I'm in the oh, building. Yeah. I'm, around. I'm around. So what was it? What was uh what was the reaction? I mean, obviously, a guy like Jalen Ford, you're close to, right? I mean, what 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 was the reaction for those guys? I I I heard Texas was very confident they were going to get in uh, mm-hmm. before the announcement Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like we we handled business throughout the season, and uh, we did what we needed to do when we needed to do it. I think we're hitting our stride at the perfect time. And um, I think they knew that, you know, and that was kind of the feeling. Like, all right, we st- we finally starting to put it together, and then now we get the eye test. And that was really all the, the um, only thing that was kind of like knocking us, uh, you know, throughout the the, the the chunk of the season. So, um, you know, the last two games really, you know, put our foot on on stepping on some people's necks, and uh, oh, it was good to see, man. <laughs> I think that woo is just about like how every Longhorn felt. Somewhere around in between Saturday and Sunday, there there might have been a few of them. Uh, Tuck, you played against Washington last year in the Alamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they bring to the table? Uh, this is going to be people's first opportunity to hear a, a former Longhorn talk about that Washington offense and what kind of uh, difficulty they give the Texas defense, uh, et cetera. Um, I think experience is huge, and uh, they got a they got some guys that've been there for a while, and they've been playing together for a while. So always, experience is always going to play a factor um, in games like this. But this is going to be a totally and completely new environment for both teams. And oddly enough, we played each other last year on a much smaller stage. Um, so I think it's going to be emotions on both sides, um, and that's something that we're going to have to get in control of early because it is going to be a big stage. It is going to be a big moment. Um, but as far as them offensively. Um, obviously, they, they can do a lot of things. They score a lot of points. But um, on defense, you know, we ready. We do what we do. Um, and we're going to make teams one-dimensional by stopping them running and forcing them to have to pass. So we want to try to make them as uncomfortable as possible. And, uh, you know, just be ready for the types of stuff that they do on offense because they do have a variable offense and they do have some guys that can make a lot of plays. And uh, when they do make plays, which is something that they're going to do, uh, we just have to weather the storm and be ready to, you know, next play mentality and, uh, you know, hopefully get some turnovers early 
um, the earlier the better. Um, so you know we can kind of control the game from that. Was there anything? Was, was there anything last year that frustrated y'all? What was what was it that frustrated y'all on defense, if anything, from from Washington last year? Uh, per, honestly, I don't think anything really frustrated us defensively. I think we played a good game. Uh, I think we played well enough to win. Um, we had some. I think. Uh, what 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 was it? Let me see if I can. Even... Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was anything that really gave us problems. I think we played a solid game. Uh, what did they? What was the score? Like twenty to twenty-five or something like that. Yeah, I would have yeah, to go back and look. I have game. no clue. <laughs> it was something. It, it wasn't. They didn't score much, and uh, they, I don't think they had that many yards either. We played a good game last year. It's a bunch of motion, right? Some motion before every play. There's something pre-snap before every play, right? So that communication, your eye discipline, uh, those are things that are truly going to come into play for this Texas defense, especially. Both teams having a month to prepare. It's a different game. Uh, a, a different game. Once again, it was a month to prepare last year. It's a month to prepare this year. People yeah. are gonna have to break tendency. Um, no, uh, that's where people go wrong. Breaking tendencies. Uh, you know, I think, and I always preach that you need to once you create your identity and you figure out who you are, stick to that. Don't try to dress it up and be cute. Do what you do that got you to the position that you're in. And we've been playing phenomenal on defense, and we've gotten to this point playing a certain way. So let's continue to do so. They're gonna do all the the the, the uh, you know all the the smoke and mirrors and the dressing up, but we practice against Sark's offense every day, and uh, you know we do. So it's not really like they haven't seen it or anything like that. We play against the best offense in the country every year. I mean every day in practice. So. It's not going to be nothing new. We just got to go out there and, like I said, stay true to us, be us, and, uh, you know, just keep doing what we've been doing. Don't try to, like, do nothing new. You know, stick to the plan. Hey, hey uh, Tuck, uh, the Texas fans are very astute group, right, in recruiting. They're all yeah. asking about Juice Wells, man. They want to know about <laughs> Juice Wells, your former teammate, James Madison, who's entering What's the it? portal from South Carolina. What's up with Juice, man? What what y'all want to know about Juice, man? I don't know. Juice, Juice is his own man. But you know I'm recruiting him. You know I'm recruiting him. Talk, talk, you were teammates. Talk about his talent. Talk about what how what does he do? Oh, 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 well, you want to know he the reason why I even came to Texas. Um, he inspired me a lot, and he's younger than me, and he was the one who kind of woke me up and put me on the path to um, you know, just taking football more serious and how to attack the game. This is the and I say this honestly, he's the best football player I ever played with. And I played wow. with some guys. He's yeah. the best football player I ever played with. Nobody works harder than him, and he competes. He wants to win, and it's it's kind of – it's like Michael Jordan. Like, <laughs> it's disgusting how hard he goes. And like I said, he inspired me. He really was the one who, um, you know, gave me the opportunity and forced me to be better, not by just saying something to me, but the way that I seen him work. And, and I, he was a younger guy than me, and I seen the way he attacked the game and the results that he had, and it inspired me to do more. And uh, me and him actually sat down and had a conversation before the season, before we had both left, and basically just cropped out a plan for the summer to, you know, make sure that we put ourselves in the best position to be successful. And it was every day, just me and him. He had set up his wide receiver drills, I set up my linebacker drills, and We'll just go at it. And uh, it really changed both of our lives. And he'll tell you that, too. Like, that was literally a conversation that changed both of our lives. And it produced us both being able to leave and go to a bigger opportunity. And now him, you know, going to be a first-round NFL draft pick, you know, next year is going to be – it's going to be crazy to see. But, yeah, he he, he he's the one. <laughs>
Awesome. Great insight there. Diamante Tucker Dorsey, former linebacker at the University of Texas, now in Austin, uh, selling real estate through Keller Williams uh, mm -hmm. in the Austin area. Appreciate him. Uh, also joining us here, Blake Monroe and Jerry Hamilton. Uh, this is Monday morning's Coffee and Football brought to you by the folks at the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Hey, uh, uh, Tuck, uh, you know, we look at it. You've actually been to the playoffs before, right, at James Madison? It's In a way, a little, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit different, different area, yeah. different level, but it is a it is a round, it is a little bit of a tournament. I mean, it's a four team tournament instead of what a sixteen team or a thirty two team tournament. And twenty four. Okay. Yeah. So uh, tell folks uh, how the players are thinking and feeling right now as they kind of get ready for what essentially is a tournament. Okay. So as far as playoffs go, that's what we play for. Like at every level. It's always playoffs, except for college, which makes no sense to me. Um, so it's a it's a it's a different type of attachment to the game. Like it's win or go home, and you know that creates a sense of urgency. That creates a a, a different fire that's set inside of you because this is for all the marbles. It's basically like mano y mano, put your dudes up, man on man. You know, it's it's a different attachment to it. It's a different excitement. The fans are more excited about playoffs because there's a lot more at stake. It's a lot more to lose. It's a lot on the line. So even coming out of high school, I was like, if I'm not going power five and get a chance to go and play in the college football playoff, I'm going FCS because I can go in the playoffs because that's what football is about. It's about facing off, seeing who's the best out of the best. You want to be the best of the best, considered to be the best of the best. So playoffs is a different type of everything like everything is heightened everything matters more every play matters more every inch matters more and um it's it's really inexplainable and i'm so glad they got in happy for this team man i can't wait i'm going i'm going all the games i'm trying to anyway i'm going <laughs> <laughs> i'll be we right there hey, hey this is guys look we're we fans are all giddy and stuff right and excited about where the Longhorns have been, but you're seeing something like true feelings from a guy that actually put his blood, sweat, and tears yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the field in, in the DKR and seeing his teammates and friends uh, get the just rewards of a um, fantastic season. Tuck, you, you know, you've been with us, uh, I guess, about two or three months now. Uh, we appreciate your time, dude. Uh, and thanks appreciate for being in that locker room. A little bit of that locker room to the fans uh, yes, here sir. on football. I appreciate you, buddy. You have a good one, man. All right, brother. See you. Hey, hook up. Right. Good, good stuff there, guys. What an answer on Juice Wells. Did you expect that, Jay? Oh, um, not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, what a great response, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, guys, but you're watching Coffee and Football presented by the Longhorn Wealth Management Group. And uh, we have a couple of super chats that we need to get to real quick. And excuse me, D. Herring was actually hoping that Tuck could answer this. We didn't get to it in time, so I'm going to let you guys answer it. Uh, he says, Texas was the shell of itself, and I'm sure Washington has changed. But does the bowl game last year give the team some decent familiarity? I absolutely think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's part of the – Part of the value proposition here and, and those two teams seeing each other, what what I think will happen is both teams will be ready for all the smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And it'll get down to execution and who executes better. Is it going to be Michael Penix? Is it going to be Quinn Ewers? Is it going to be the Texas defensive front or the Washington defensive front, the Texas offensive line or the Washington offensive line? Uh, 
it's going to get down to, to execution. Washington, uh, if you look at the, the rankings and everything, they actually would be higher ranked on, I mean, Michael Penix is going to finish higher in the Heisman than Quinn Ewers. Uh, Adunze is, is ranked ahead of Xavier Worthy and uh, Adonai Mitchell at receiver. The defensive end for Washington is a, supposed to be a first-round pick. Washington has some special players sprinkled in. It's going to be have, be have to be a total team effort for the Longhorns, in my opinion. So yeah, I talked. I talked it, to a, a assistant coach in the Pac-12 uh, last night. He said Texas uh, has to get ready for uh, the length of Washington. He said they have length on defense. Um, he said they may not. They may not be quite as physically strong in a couple areas. He said as some of their older teams after you know being in the Pac-12. But they have length, um, and he said there is motion on, in ev before every snap. There is something that you have to have really good, sound eye discipline playing Washington. Um, he he does he he agreed with what I was told yesterday. They're going to slide protection, um, so Texas is going to have to the edge players, the Alfred Collins, uh, Baron Sorrell, Ethan Burke. Those guys are going to need to have big games. We got a long time to get into that. Uh, I'll have more. Uh, from from the uh, Pac-12 assistant coach uh, that went up against Washington this year, uh, but he thinks Washington. He, he thought Oregon was the bet, most talented team they played this year, but thought Washington was the best football team they played this year. You, you got to be one thing going for Texas. You talk about all that pre-stamp motion. Right? Tuck mentioned this. Texas goes up against that in practice every day with Sark. Yeah, that's one. But number two is Texas isn't a experienced adult defense. They may not be the most talented defense in the country, but they are all very experienced. I mean, they, they start maybe one freshman right now in Anthony Hill, maybe two if you count Manny Muhammad. Other than that, they've got adults playing on defense right now. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Well, it's Christmas time, and uh, here on Coffee and Football, we're bringing you the 12 days of Christmas. And, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody what you got today. Yeah, it's this one, a, a Fanatics T-shirt, a sweatshirt kind of um, hoodie. It's a little different. Uh, it's got the American flag on the left shoulder. Uh, this is something that uh, I bought uh, for myself, a little a jogging thing. Uh, I don't jog, guys. I'm, I'm 54. I do walk. <laughs> occasionally like I did this morning uh, and on Sunday. Uh, but uh, this one from Fanatics, each and every day here on Coffee and Football, uh, we're promoting uh, a 12 days of Christmas item. Uh, this one, all you have to do, there's a link in the description of the show. Click on that. It's all yours. Uh, have fun this Christmas and holiday season. There's going to be a ton, Jerry and Blake, of Longhorn college football playoff gear. I got to find one or two that I want to I want to feature on here before I get gone. I mean, this is uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to get some new stuff, I guess. Right? We're going to get some new uh, gear to try to wear around. I'm, I've been wearing that Texas Rose Bowl. I still have the Texas Rose Bowl hoodie from like 2005. It's got the rose on it. Uh, I can't wait for new things like that. Sugar Bowl coming up, possibly a national championship game in Houston. Wow. Just pinch myself sometimes. It's been fun, man. A lot of fun this year, guys. A lot of fun. <laughs> what a time to be alive as a Longhorn fan, for yep. sure. All right. Well, we got some more Super Chats we got to knock out, guys. So, uh, Terrell Hennigan says, where would we be with Tavondre Sweat instigating the Bo Davis rant? I think he means without. 
Devondre Sweat instigating the Bo Davis rant. I, I, we talked about it last night on the Longhorn live stream. I, I think it accelerated the process for Texas. I really believe that. I think it accelerated the process um, uh, for Sarkeesian, uh, the Texas staff guys. Um, I think it, it that needed to be done, obviously. And, and it got, even though they went out and lost to Kansas in kind of an embarrassing fashion the week just after that, I do think it accelerated the process of what needed to happen under Steve Sarkeesian. And then Bobby likes that answer. We're going to move on to the next one. Then Peyton 25, he says, and thank you, Peyton. He says, good morning, guys. What do you all think about A.B. Mitchell? Came to Texas. We won the Big 12 and we're in the college football playoff. But his former team, Georgia, is not. His move coming to Texas is now even more justified. I bet he's pumped. Look, yeah, look, I, I don't think he left Georgia to come to Texas thinking, I'm going to come to the better team this year necessarily. <laughs> I, I think he had won two national championships at Georgia. He has a uh, a child in the Dallas area. He obviously went to high school uh, for, for most of his high school at Ridge Point in Missouri City where his family lives. I think it was more coming home um, than anything, but it's funny how it works out. Man, whoever has A.D. Mitchell, you're going to the playoffs. That's all I got to say, and Georgia's not. It's kind of a funny coincidence, and I jokingly said last night, he might be the most valuable guy ever if he jumped in the portal. I'm not saying it's going to happen. He's expected to go to the NFL. Is making a joke, but guy, he would command as much as a quarterback at this point. Say, hey, playoff Mitchell's in the portal. What you got for me? <laughs> Hey, I want to say this. Uh, look, A.D. Mitchell, or Adonai Mitchell, uh, the thing that gets to me, and I, it's an old uh, scouts uh, tribute kind of, you sign and, and recruit touchdown makers. AD, Adonai Mitchell is not the best receiver on the board. He's not, but you know what he is? He's a touchdown maker. Yeah. He scored 10 touchdowns this year as a receiver i mean he that's what he did at georgia he wasn't a heavy use guy at georgia he just scored touchdowns those guys if they have a knack for it a penchant for it and then you think back to the catch against tcu i mean come on now that that solidified that game and you really think about it from that play forward from that tcu catch to today texas has looked like a dominant team ever since Ever since they dominated Iowa State, they dominated Texas Tech, they dominated Oklahoma State. Since that catch by AD Mitchell, I mean, I thought about it maybe since the second half of Iowa State, they kind of kicked it in gear. But really, what what has gone wrong or sideways any whatsoever since AD Mitchell made that catch against TCU? That it, it was made right along the Texas sideline. You could see the, I mean, you could just see them. It's like the clouds parted. They yeah. finally was, okay, this is the path. We're on the path. We beat the team that beat the crap out of us last year. The only team really that physically beat you last year was TCU. I thought the big, I thought the biggest catch he's had at Texas this year was the at Alabama over the shoulder touchdown catch. That was right a after maker, a touchdown hey. maker. And big plays, big games, guy. I don't want to use Charles Woodson's lines here. But Alabama started to grab a little momentum, right? Texas answered right back. Xavier Mitchell, uh, uh, sorry, Adonai Mitchell, probably the catch of the year for the Texas Longhorns. 
because that put them back up double digits against Bama. Mm. Big time. Big time. He was a big time player when they needed it. Yep. Uh, and the red zone, you need it. And uh, Rod made this conversation. Texas was a five of five in the red zone on Saturday. Yeah. That's the best they've ever been this year in the red zone, uh, uh, scoring touchdowns. I would also add uh, the one thing that if I did have a negative about Saturday, red zone defense for Texas was not good. Uh, Texas, uh, Texas allowed three red zone touchdowns on three red zone attempts uh, on Texas defense. But other than that, I mean, just like I said, ever since that catch over the shoulder falling down against TCU, the Longhorns have not looked back. Y- y'all agree with that? Does fans yeah. agree with that? Because I, I, I didn't. I, I just now realized it. I was thinking maybe the second half of the Iowa State some game something clicked. But I think I go back to that catch. Yeah, they haven't looked back. That gave them some sort of, you know, confidence uh, as well as momentum. Right? That hey, we are different this year. I think we have a little bit more to us. I'd like, like real quick. Somebody at, was talking about the offensive line. I want to say this because a, a lot of times things get lost in a game like Saturday when Quinn throws for four fifty. Uh, Tavondre Sweat catches a touchdown pass. Uh, but I want to say this. I I I'd said going into that game, I thought Texas would be the, it would be the most physical game Texas had played since Alabama, and I think they did. I thought the offensive line was extremely physical. I mean, Kelvin Banks was extremely physical in the run game Saturday against Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy said they were better on tape than he thought after the game. He said better than they they appeared on tape after the game. Texas physicality, Texas speed, both of those were, were better than Mike Gundy thought headed into that game. I'll tell you this much. You know who had – y'all mentioned this, and I want to I want to uh, put a little shout-out. Look, JT Sanders has been knocked for his blocking, uh, okay? Well, he clearly had maybe, the I think, the best game of his career as yep. a receiver, okay, on Saturday. His blocking, he, he seems to be taking a little bit more pride in it of late especially since Jonathan Brooks has gone out. Yeah. Last three or four games, he's improved. But the blocker at tight end that I want to give a really big shout out to is Gunnar Helm. Guys, you go back and watch that touchdown run where you're talking about where Kelvin Banks literally ate, you know, committed assault, as you said, Jerry, on that guy. Uh, Gunnar Helm, literally a combo block with Christian Jones moved heaven and earth on that 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 hole was so big i jerry you might have been able to run through it yeah i'm all it was they and so i want to say this i mean we picked on some some issues tight end blocking was not an issue on saturday and i thought gunner helm in particular looked really really good it may have been his best overall game at texas uh, in my opinion no i agree Okay, guys, we got some more super chats that we need to knock out. Burt Reynolds Jr. He says it's it was great seeing y'all at Terry Black's. How bad will Derek Williams be missed on the back end against the Huskies? Catalan played well against Alabama. Will he play against Washington? So Texas will appeal. We haven't heard this officially, but Texas will appeal uh, the uh, the targeting on Derek Williams. Most teams will do appeal those that you know, uh, especially if a key player. Uh, is, is going to be sitting out the first half of your next game. 
Uh, obviously, um, look, I mean, Derek Williams, Bobby's arguably the best cover safety Texas has. Uh, so if he's out for the first half of Washington, uh, I think you'll know where Kalen DeBoer will be attacking. Well, I and I believe this is correct. I mean, Michael Taff has to start, uh, and you're going to have to have uh, uh, Jaron Thompson ready to go. Those two probably need to be your safeties. Keaton Crawford, even on that interception, Jerry, he got beat because he was yes, was, got better done. throw where, where Bowman steps into it. It's not and it's not intercepted. Right, uh, it's a tremendous interception. I don't want to take that away from him, but he was beaten on a deep ball inside again. Um, so I really think they have to play that. Uh, and you know, Thompson and and uh, Thompson and Taft don't have the makeup speed, uh, but they should have the familiarity of having played Washington a year ago, right? Which Derek Williams does not have. So that might help. Uh, Williams also just a, a tremendous guy in run support, in my opinion. Yes. I mean, when he tackles you, they go down. That's pretty much how it works. And so, yes, they will miss him if he's not available. Yes. That And what a ticky-tack call, in my opinion. I mean, by the letter of the law, it may be right, but what a ticky-tack call. Yeah. I mean, to start the second, I mean, just whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just that wasn't like some monstrous hit. Yeah, it was. It was. A, I mean, it was. Eh, it wasn't a monstrous hit. It wasn't some big collision. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, guys, this next super chat here is from Jerry's Jack Links. I want to thank Jerry's Jack Links. And he says, the more I hear Sark speak, the more I think he's about 85% Pete Carroll. 15% Nick Saban. He's a player's coach for sure. Obviously his own man, but you know what I mean. I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what uh, Jerry's Jack links. That sounds weird for me to say. Uh, <laughs> just said there. Uh, but I, I uh, it's commercial coming later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Manscaped's <laughs> on the way, baby. And it's a special, special read, by the way. Um, it's their best yet. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Go. Well, no, I'm sorry. Look, what Texas has done and, and why I think that that matters, that kind of thing matters, at least at this point, uh, you've got to think about it in, in the sense of uh, Texas right now is trying uh, to, you know, figure out who they are and what Steve Sarkeesian is and all this stuff. I absolutely think he's more Carol than Saban. Okay. I, I said this, like, I think, and, and don't, I don't mean Pete Carroll's, uh, it's like having your elementary school or your middle school teacher is your foundation, 
right? Well, Pete Carroll is Steve Sarkeesian's foundation. Yeah. Then you go to grad school or PhD and you get that final little tweak, right? That's Nick Saban. That's how I see. So at his core, he's much more Pete Carroll, but he went to Nick Saban finishing school. That's my I, I was, Yeah. Here's what I was going to say. It, for, he's, he's a laid back SoCal guy. What I, what I was going to say there, which what a change for the positive that I've seen in him in recruiting has been that, that 2020, Two class at Texas recruiting some of those guys. I think he had a very laid back, uh, um, lay, very laid back uh, approach in recruiting, and I think he's learned, you know, that, and he's adjusted. He's a little more aggressive in recruiting now on uh, on some guys at certain times. I think he's he, it's so it's so cool to see that because he is more Pete Carroll as far as a players coach. Once guys get to Texas. In recruiting, he's adjusted a little bit, and he's gotten more aggressive in the last year and a half, especially those sit-down meetings with some kids when they're on campus. Um, so I, I think that's been a very positive change for Sark. As he always says, right, he reflects. Um, he self-scouts himself, right? And and he did in recruiting, and I think that's been a, a good, smart change by him in his approach with some of the kids in certain areas of Texas. Hey, we got to ask this one. Did y'all see Leon O'Neill and Dalen Mack being salty, the former uh, Aggies being salty on uh, Twitter about Texas? Yes. No. Good. This is Dalen Mack, who, whose father created We Run This State t-shirts, who then went on to underperform. You know, and Leon O'Neill, who, you know, whatever. I mean, probably. Had a, had a good career at Aggieland, but I haven't heard from him since. And while he was at Aggieland, they didn't really do anything. I think he's more famous for fighting the fans in the stand in that arena yeah. football game more than anything. I mean, so, <laughs> it, it's fun. It's fun because you look at it now in retrospect, and you're just like, somebody wrote about this on. Uh, I, I got forwarded a, a note from Texags. We had a 10 year head start on them getting into the SEC. We beat them out in NIL out of the gate. We did all these things. And now look what we have in our hands. Nothing. And the Longhorns are in the college football playoff. I don't mean to sound like a, a guy that's I, – I just – look, Sark did his job unlike Jimbo Fisher. Sark came to Texas with a mission and a path. Jimbo Fisher got a big fat contract and a retirement home. That's that's the reality. Jimbo Fisher thought he had hung the moon already and didn't need to prove it and was going to show everybody how he'd already done it. Steve Sarkeesian came hungry and proved that he belonged as a major college coach because he had been, I mean, he had been to the depths of the depths. Hats off. I mean, look, it's not so much about what AM does or doesn't do, and we can laugh or kid about the portal because I do think that's going to be major attrition for them. But really, it's about the program. I mean, they 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 didn't squander. I mean, they squandered Johnny Manziel. Uh, Johnny Manziel. I mean, they, it, it happens. Uh, but I, I, I hope that, Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyler Murray, Kyle <laughs> Allen. I mean, who else did they lose? I mean, a guy they, transfers and wins the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, a, a legacy, a yes. family legacy. 
by the way. I mean, I remember his dad in the Cotton Bowl uh, for AM, went in the Cotton Bowl. I, so, I, look, my, my take on this is it's a juxtaposition between who Texas went and hired and who Texas AM went and hired. Uh, Texas tried Mike, I tried Charlie Strong, they tried Tom Herman, they went out and got Steve Sarkeesian. AM went for the big money guy, and the big money guy just cost him a big fat check. Didn't do much in between. No doubt. And now, and now they're getting ready to, sounds like they're getting ready to lose some guys that are going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> Lots more news, I'm sure, coming out from that, for sure. Well, speaking of news, guys, the, the good news for all Texas fans here, that the moment they've all been waiting for is finally here. Because, Jerry, we're going to let you tell everybody about Manscaped. Oh, man. You know, it, it, what are we, 22 days out from Christmas? Hey, Santa baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all time by going to manscaped.com and using code ONTEXAS, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you. That's guaranteed. Hey, by the way, starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this is the crown jewel of the holidays, and dare I say the best ball trimmer of all time. The electric razors, advanced skin-safe technology, is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. There you go. Manscaped.com on Texas, all caps. Uh, I love it. I love it. I had to mute myself because I was laughing so hard there for a second. And, and I was laughing at Bobby with his hands in his face. Oh, never a dull moment on this show. <laughs> Even the the comments right now. Bobby's making me laugh like crazy is what everybody's saying. His reaction. I don't know what's better. Bobby's reaction, the commercial read. I, I'm here for it. I love it all. <laughs> You're snowflake, Jerry. <laughs> Hey, I didn't write it. I just read it, but that's a hell of a read. Man, I want right. to be Let's get back job. to some football talk and have a little more substance of conversation here, please. Uh, okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a new Super Chat here. Jerry, this one's for you from Lee Barton. He says, the Texas being in the college football playoff impact the recruitment of DeCorian Moore from Duncanville. Keep up the great work and hook them. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, LSU uh, – Potentially as a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, two receivers going to go in the first round. Potentially, they had a great offensive football team uh, this year. Uh, I think that's going to be a battle all the way with LSU and Texas. Um, I think those are the two teams. He'll end up at one of those two teams. He committed very early, not in the way most five star guys commit in their recruitment. Something to follow down the line. Okay, guys, and then this next one here uh, is going to be from Ken Ward, and he says, morning, guys, and hook them. Bobby, to your point about those last four games, I would add that ever since Quinn came back from the injury, he has really progressed each game. Absolutely. I mean, he, we talked about it. Rod and I, we all talked about this with Rod. Rod thinks it's the best game he's ever played at Texas on Saturday. 
against Oklahoma State. I mean, he was wheeling and dealing the whole game long. Now, Sark set him up with some easy throws early, but that third and fourth, that third quarter from Quinn, he was getting to his second and third ring reads and throwing bullets over the middle on time. I mean, look, those were big boy throws. Those were these deep outs that he throws. That's what everybody sees with his arm strength and his timing, et cetera, that everybody's looking like, wow, this guy's legit. But those throws over the middle on second and third reads in that Oklahoma State game, boy, if he could do that going forward, I, though, I'm mean, just telling you, that that's just a different level of Quinn. And maybe it's him getting healthier. Maybe it's him getting more confidence. Again, he's got a big decision coming up. And it could be soon, by the way. Okay? Stay or go pro. All right? Um, if, if he stays, one of the things I keep being told by people close to him is that they, are, they want him to have 25-plus games as a starter. Because if you go back through the history of the NFL in the last 20 years or so, Starter or players who come out of college with 25 or 24 or fewer starts succeed long term at a one to three rate of those that have 25 or more starts. So basically, it's three to one in favor if he stays another year. Yeah. He's not look, a guy like Quinn Ewers is going to get one big contract. We know that, right? For Quinn Ewers, it's not about getting one big contract, it's about getting maybe three to five contracts. And instead of making $50 million in, in a, a career, he makes 250 For one extra year in college, you think that might be worth it? There's no level of NIL that's worth that grit. Uh, that, that, could be, that could be compensated. And so they want, I think, another year of seasoning, another year of lower body development, upper body development, footwork, all of those things so that when he goes to the pros, he can either sit a year there and wait behind somebody just like Mahomes did and then go in. Or if he's forced to play, he'll be ready to play a little bit more because it's, he's physically ready. He can't just go be thrown to the wolves right now. Yeah. By, by the way, in, in his performance, I, I, one of the things I look at, you know, especially with an offense that's a vertical or attacking down the field intermediate game offense, I would say how many – catchable footballs did he throw in that game then what did he attempt 41 passes i would think 37 catchable footballs that it gets you paid a lot of money in the future very true i uh, speaking of getting paid a lot of money in the future guys dj has a question he says how big are playoff games for the draft stock of these guys especially for someone like sweat who's trying to sneak into the first round I think obviously it can help, especially let, let's say, let's say, and I, uh, Michigan and Texas played. Michigan has seven guys, Zach Zinter's out now. So six guys that are likely to be NFL offensive linemen at Michigan. That means they have guys not starting that are. That would be the best offensive line Texas has played against this year uh, as far as NFL draft picks. That would put Sweat in a position, Murphy and Sweat in a position to play against guys that have good NFL grades. But I think more than even the playoffs, guys, I think it's the Senior Bowl. It's the Senior Bowl for Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Every NFL uh, uh, team is going to be there. They're going to be interviewed, talking to those guys. 
And the one-on-ones, the practices are probably more impactful than the game. It's why they're televised on NFL Network. That it would be where Tavondre Sweat can make the biggest jump and Byron Murphy can make the biggest jump as far as the NFL draft. Um, hey, just to recap uh, a couple of things. Dylan Gabriel in the portal, uh, the Oklahoma quarterback, most likely to follow Jeff Levy, uh, his offense coordinator to Mississippi State. Uh, Walter Nolan, the former number one player in the country out of the state of Tennessee that signed with AM, spent two years in Aggie land. He's expected to put his name in the portal. Uh, the Ohio State starting quarterback, Kyle McCord, apparently puts his name in the portal. Just going to be all around chaos uh, in uh, college football with the portal. We have not heard anything yet officially uh, from the University of Texas. Of course, uh, the Longhorns, unlike the Aggies in Ohio State, had a game this weekend. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian has not been able to meet with all of his players yet individually. We expect those meetings to go on into this week, even though Steve Sarkeesian has been on the road already, uh, meeting with Kobe Black, the defensive back out of Waco Connolly who has yet to announce his decision, but will do so on December 13th. Sark and uh, Terry Joseph, I believe, were there in Waco last night visiting with him. Sark now has to come back to Austin, as well as interloop a lot of different recruiting trips, get ready for Washington. It's a crazy month, really, uh, for Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns. Uh, We'll be covering it here for you on on Texas football, as well as InsideTexas.com. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, Walter Nolan because we have a super chat on him, Bobby. It's from Adam Wilde. We want to thank Adam. And he says, Walter Nolan, do we get him as Jerry shakes his head? Look, I, I think I, I've heard Oregon a lot early on since that news broke last night. I'm not Texas won't go after every guy that hits the portal, even if they are a name guy or was a former five star guy. That's just something to know. I don't They got to be culture fits. Yeah. They, he, he So he and Evan Stewart, Jerry. They, they are that elite player, elite prospect. Talent, yeah. And talent, better word. They may not be the culture fit simultaneously. Sark wants both. And you know what? He can kind of be choosy right now. With what? And I'm not saying who's better or who's not, right? <clears throat> but with what you just heard Diamante Tucker Dorsey say about Juice Wells, does that sound like the fit for Steve Sarkeesian? Sounds like I want him on. I mean, that was like the biggest testimonial you could give someone on Juice Wells. I mean, it yeah. really was. That's a guy that knows him yeah. and says he's the hardest worker and the best player. He's been, hey, look, Diamante's played against uh, Xavier Worthy in practice. Yeah. I, With that testimonial alone, you'd probably think that Juice Wells is probably pretty good. And then you talk about his work ethic like he did. Yeah. Come on, Jerry. Yeah. That's special. Look, look, he was a guy, Juice Wells was a guy who was not highly recruited, like Tuck, ends up at James Madison, balls out at James Madison, goes to South Carolina, was tremendous before he had a foot injury this year and kept him out this year. Uh, Juice Wells, uh, he checks a lot of boxes um, uh, that would Texas would be looking for. We'll see what happens with him. Hmm. Okay, guys, we got another super chat here. This one from Burt Reynolds Jr. Thank you, Burt. He says, most exciting for 2024 isn't Quinn Ewers. It's the offensive line depth chart. Yeah, if if Texas loses a player or two through the portal, it might be on the offensive line that they want to keep. Yeah. Uh, because the numbers are are getting there and they're getting some of the guys are getting up in age and probably wanting more playing time, et cetera. So that's that's definitely an area that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, over the next couple of weeks. 
but I do think that the offensive line is now SEC ready. God, if they would have gone into the SEC three years ago, I, I mean, I pity the quarter, whoever the quarterback would have been for Texas. Now that now Texas is ready, especially if Jake Majors returns. Guys, I really think that he's likely to return. Um, and that gives Texas a what almost a fifth year starting center yep. going into the, all those loud environments like Tuscaloosa. I mean, they went in Tuscaloosa this year, didn't have a single false start. Uh, by the way, Texas improved in that category over the year, right? Year over year. So um, I just think Texas's offensive line is SEC ready. If this would have happened three years ago, I, I would not have wanted to be the father of the quarterback at the University of Texas. <laughs> that would have been that would have been going to every game going, oh, please. But now I, it's still going to be hard because every SEC team has NFL defensive linemen, but it's different. Now Texas has something to combat that. Okay, guys, this next super chat is uh, from Amars. I want to thank Amars. And he says, guys, do you know if Mac Brown keeps up with Texas and if he and Sark communicate slash have a relationship? Um, they Mac Brown definitely keeps up with Texas. There's no doubt about that. I, I talked to some wealthy alums that still keep up with Mac, to, to be fair. Um, and so they definitely keep tabs. Uh, I, I think that he and Sark know each other, but they don't have a quote unquote relationship. I mean, it's not a, it's not, it's more of a, what, a, you know, if I worked for Yahoo and somebody else worked for Google or I, I don't know, Microsoft, I tangentially know you, but I don't really work with you or know you. I don't have a relationship. It's that, it's that kind of coach's camaraderie, not, not anything more than that. Okay, guys, uh, Ryan from China, if you will send your question in normal, I'll fix your super chat since it didn't get attached to that. And uh, this next question here is going – actually, let's take this comment from Mark. He's going back to the Big 12 game. He says, for the first time this year, I saw separation between wide receivers and defensive backs like never before. Boys were on a mission. Credit to Sark for his play calls. That's twofold. One, Oklahoma State couldn't get home with the pass rush. And that we talked about that headed in the game. They had one guy, Colin Oliver, that had six sacks. And now if he got home, he also had four cause fumbles. But then linebackers, Nick Martin, that's more of a delayed blitz six sacks this season. Xavier Benson off the edge, sometimes more delayed blitz action from the linebacker position. So Oklahoma State was not close to being the best pass rushing team Texas faced all year. So what you see then, what happens behind that is if Quinn has time in the pocket, um, then those receivers running those longer developing routes have more time to create that space and then once Corey Black went down early in that game um Mike Gundy said it I looked at our secondary times of that game and they were either freshmen or very or inexperienced players so Texas offensive line gave Quinn a chance and gave those receivers a chance and all in that game Texas needed was those receivers that have a chance to really get into their routes and let things develop and they were going to get create separation against Oklahoma State. Better athletes, faster athletes, more experienced players. And well-schemed. Yes. How, how open can you be if you're JT Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was there anybody within 15 yards of him? Um, somebody's asking about the injury, Corey Black. Well, we've, we've heard uh, Oklahoma State, I think, media reported as well that it was a concussion. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, guys, we got some more super chats we're going to get to. We talked about Oklahoma State secondary just then. Now we're going to talk about Texas secondary. Mr. All I Do is Win. I want to thank him. He says, defensive backs better be ready for the back shoulder throws. Fluid yeah. hip workouts are a must this month. He's been watching Washington all year, but wants your thoughts. Yeah, they, the, their receivers have as big a catch radius as, as anybody, maybe outside of FSU because of Keon Coleman and Wilson. They have massive catch radiuses. Go Romeo Dunze, McMillan. I mean, those are guys that the NFL absolutely loves. A Jalen Polk from Lufkin, long arm receivers. Um, so, and, and, and Penix is very timely about getting the ball to those guys when they leave their feet. And, and in those situations, uh, Washington likes their chances. I'll also say this those longer developing plays with. Uh, Odunze and, and McMillan from the slot where they cross the field from the backside, where they slide that protection. Those are the toughest routes to defend if I'm Texas. How do you defend it? I mean, it's, you, better it's pass, almost, you better get edge pass rush. Yeah, you better get to them. You better get to them. You need to beat, you need to win the one on ones wherever the one on ones are available up front. I, I, I would add this not only uh, do they do a great job, they have great hands. Uh, like they are all ball. They don't. There's no body catchers in that group. No, you know the Washington is a really good, diverse offensive football team. They can run it. They can throw it. They have a great quarterback. They have a great scheme. They are the best offense Texas will face all year. I don't think it. it, yep. it Texas has played 13 games this year, right? Yeah. I felt like the. I felt like last year's Washington offense had Texas more at risk than any offense except for maybe OU with Dylan Gabriel this year. Yeah. I mean, they kind of they kind of had Texas at – and Texas made that a game, don't get me wrong, against Washington. But it, they have – I mean, this is why you play the games. I mean, they are good too. They're, there's a reason they're 13-0. and 0. Uh, So bring it on. Let's go play January 1st in the Sugar Bowl. 29 days. That's right. <laughs> I'll be here before you know it. Uh, we got a, a few more questions. And one that's come up uh, about the defensive backs, one in particular, John A. Barron. I know you guys talked about it this weekend, but Nick Ramos says, any concern with how Barron covered this weekend? Can't really have that dud versus Washington. A lot of double moves almost um, um, from Presley. I, I Look, I mean, he's a really good double move receiver out of the slot. Um uh, I thought I thought he did a good job, right, against uh, Jade Barron. Uh, but look, I thought Oklahoma State they one of their it looked like they were trying to get Jade Barron in the little con conflict in that game. Uh, because look, the thing about it is, uh, Jade Barron is still the best defensive back on this Texas team. But the more you can make him run and chase, the less he is around the line of scrimmage. I mean, and that's an important thing uh, when you're attacking Texas. Is if your slot receiver can get Jade Barron chasing away from the line of scrimmage, that's not a bad thing for the opponent. Got it. Hey, Jerry, this one's a good one. We talked about it and hit on a little bit. Bobby Vitronic, do you guys like the first-come, first-serve nature of the portal, or does it need some tweaking? Does it need tweaking, or is it a free-for-all, and that's just – there's not much you can do about it. I mean I, – I think, I think the tough thing with the portal is – they have to have, and I've always said it's a date. It would be so much better if it was in the spring and there was one date in the portal in the spring for me. But the problem is it's this semester ends, right? I mean, that's where you're in trouble. And I know that's not answering the question, but 
the dates it's open also causes some of this for me because the, the portal being open in December means teams can get well in a hurry through the portal. And that means players have maximum leverage that are jumping in the portal because of the timing of December. I mean, that's my thoughts on it. What are you going to do about it? I don't think there's anything that's going to change with that. It would be better if there was one portal time and it was after spring practice for college football, but I just don't see it going that direction. Bobby. No, I, I, I don't know what to say about the portal. Um, I don't know if the timing of it, uh, and this is to answer Bobby Petronic's question. I don't know if the timing of it is the issue for me. It's the inflow and outflow that, that is interesting. It's like, it's you don't it's not true free agency because there's not this quote unquote real market. It's like it's a black market. Yeah. And so you don't you don't have true in and out. I, I don't know what to say. And my worry is that we're going to have a thousand kids enter the portal and they're going to do it in December. And come January, 250 of those guys aren't going to have a college home and they're not going to be taking college classes and they're not going to be making making hay towards their, their degree. If you on the macro perspective, that's my concern with it, right? Say 10 guys from Texas go uh, in the portal in December and eight of them get picked up and go to good schools, right? What about those two that get kind of because of the overwhelming number and not really knowing what the market is prior? What about those two that end up sitting on their couch and may never go back to college? That's the problem with the portal. Okay, guys, we got uh, Ryan from Shiner. He uh, put in his super chat finally, so I fixed it for him. And he says, I don't always super chat, but when I do, it's after the horns make the playoffs. Just letting y'all know I'm joining Inside Texas finally. It's time to enter the big leagues. Way to go, Ryan. We appreciate you, buddy. Come on. That's InsideTexas.com. Each and every day, Jerry and I are there answering questions on the message boards, talking to folks uh, across the country. Guys, uh, right now we have a special OTFIT23, $1 for two months. You must select the monthly offer, $1 for two months. That'll get you all the way through uh, National Signing Day, uh, both December 20th, as well as, I believe it's February 7th this year, Jerry. Um, Those are the two signing days for football. All right, Bobby, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Longhorn Wealth Management Group. One more. Yeah, last week here for us for today, uh, for uh, our friends up at uh, Longhorn Wealth Management, John Donovan, the president of that organization. Uh, the Longhorn Wealth team wants to congratulate Coach Sark and the U- entire UT football team for achieving their goal of winning the Big 12 championship. John and his wife were there at Jerry World to celebrate that glorious victory with the team. And like all of the On Texas football family, they are so proud of our Longhorns. If you would like a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you achieve your own financial goals and create tax-free income for you and your loved ones, please give John Donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. John is a certified planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to his client. And we appreciate his sponsorship of Monday morning's coffee and football. 
Okay, guys, this next super chat is kind of going back to what you were just talking about, Bobby, from Bobby Batronic's question. But Chris Harrington says, is anyone going to fix the portal? All these starting quarterbacks leaving, I feel like this is going to ruin college football if they don't make some changes. You see it ruining it? No, I don't see it ruining it. I, what I see happening is, if you looked, we talked about this earlier season. At one point this year, in the AP poll top 25, 15 or 16 of the 25 teams ranked had transfer portal quarterbacks. And look, the reality is you're not going to have, you're not going to, if if you have a court QB one and a QB two, you're not going to go through three years with the same QB one and QB two in college football anymore. It's not happening at these power schools. And then you have, you know, there's Ohio state. So people are, uh, there's some reporting from the Ohio state side that <clears throat> Ryan day and, and Kyle McCord's conversation wasn't extremely positive for Kyle McCord at Ohio State, right? So the, the quarterback position um, is in such demand that I, I I expect this to continue. I don't ever expect the day anymore, a time, a day and age anymore, where you're going to have your QB1 and QB2, the same guys, for a three-year period of time. It's not going to happen. Uh, quarterbacks are in demand too much. Uh, the coaching carousel uh, is going to continue to be active in college football. It just doesn't set up for that anymore, guys. Hey, I want to add this. All those Ohio State fans were crowing, oh, well, we don't need Quinn Ewers anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it now, buddy. <laughs> Tell me about it now. All right, guys, this next super chat here from Ambassador of Texas. He says, if Texas wins the national championship, Bobby has to read the Manscaped ad. Absolutely, that's done. Bobby, <laughs> don't, don't back out. Say you'll do it now. It's a deal. <laughs> Growing up, I promised my mom and dad that I would always be, you know, kind of straight down the middle kind of guy. So I, But if Texas wins the natty, all bets are off. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I'll, I, I will trade a few a few uh, pieces of honor uh, in that regard just for a, a national championship for the long ones. Absolutely. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to be doing the next day, but it's definitely going to be in, involving celebrating. I'm not going to be thinking about shaving anything. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, guys. H-Bomb Horn with the super chat, and we want to thank him for that. He says, everywhere I turn, I see an article about Arch leaving if Quinn comes back. Is there any chance of that happening? Well, Arch is the ultimate clickbait for college football, by the way. So, all right, Bobby, go ahead. <laughs> no, you just said it. Ultimate clickbait. I mean, we could put an Arch Manning uh, video up right now, and it would, it would definitely get 10,000 views. It could say absolutely nothing. It could just yeah. have the headline Arch Manning. That, that's that's his, what do you call it? The Q rating out in Hollywood yeah. where, you know, how, how popular stars are. Well, the NIL or Q rating for Arch Manning, off the charts. Because you know what? Everybody wants him, but they ain't got him. Yeah. Texas does. Everything I've heard, and I, and I will never say, never say never 100%, right? But from what I've been told, Arch Manning has 99.9% uh, uh, likelihood of uh, staying with uh, the Longhorns. He has no chance. I have no intentions of uh, transferring. I expect him uh, actually to uh, uh, to be the one that stays. I do believe that Malik Murphy is probably going to look to go elsewhere, but that's Malik Murphy's decision. I'm not saying it for him. 
He and Steve Sarkeesian have to have that discussion. I do think that Steve Sarkeesian wants the best for all of his quarterbacks. He's not playing favorites. So, no doubt. Okay, guys, we got the more super chats we got to get to before we get out of here. Jay, the activist, says, How do we stop the deep cross crosser that Washington loves so much? Got to be pressure. It's got to be pressure. And I think the edge position, they're going to slide protection a lot of times because they know, look, Washington knows Sweat and Murphy still. I think Washington's offensive line is probably underrated and very good at guards and uh, tackle. Uh, but they, they know Texas has an advantage there. They're going to slide protection. So I think the edge is, I mean, we've got a long time, a lot of time to talk about. It. I think edge pass rush or disruption of timing is going to be huge in this game. Bobby, anything to add? No, no, I'm good right now. All right, guys. This next one here about Washington again, Rocky Poor. I want to thank Rocky. He says, did y'all find it weird that Washington didn't get together for the playoff announcement? From the outside, it looked bad for culture. What's y'all's no, take on that? No, I, I don't think that at all. It was 9 a.m. Pacific uh, Coast time, one. Uh, two, you don't go 13-0 and 0 with bad culture. <laughs> what a great line. I, what a great line, Jerry. That's so true. I mean, look, go back to – Take it back to high school football. North Shore, this is where, you know, people are – John Kay, who's now the linebacker's coach at Rice, the night before they played for a state championship game against Duncanville, Zach Evans wouldn't put his cell phone away after being asked multiple times. John Kay sent him home. NFL running back. NFL Zach. running back before the night before a high school state championship game. North Shore went on to win that game. Um, that was a culture team. At North Shore, you don't go 13-0 and uh, without having culture. I think that's a great – well, I mean, Jerry just nailed it. Nailed it. Okay, guys, we got one more super chat here, then we better get out of here. Dax Kelm says, the bet I put on the horns while in the Bahamas back in April to win the Natty ain't looking so bad now. I bet it ain't. Second best odds now to win just behind <laughs> Michigan. Wow. I wish I was in the Bahamas in April. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, or now, yeah, it's a little, <laughs> little chillier. Um, I, I think that, uh, I, I look, I had no clue. I thought Texas was going to be a top 10 team. Same. That's what I, that's, I thought they were 10, 10 and 2, big program moving forward year for, for Steve Sarkeesian, possibility of being 11 and 2 or 12 and 2, you know, 11 and 2, 11 and 3, something like that after a Big 12 championship. No clue, guys, no clue that they would be here. I just, I can't, I know some people have more faith, et cetera, but I didn't know this team would galvanize like it has. Just by the way, yeah. By the way, somebody will get, we have all week to get into it. Somebody asked about North Shore, Westlake. I like North Shore in that game. The other side of 6A, D1, it looks like North Shore and Duncanville on a collision course again, but I'll say this. Duncanville has North Crowley. North Crowley, is very good in, in, in their own right. Uh, so that Duncanville North Crowley game coming up in a semifinal game, North Shore Westlake on the other side. I like North Shore over Westlake. Do we get North Shore Duncanville once again? We'll see if North Crowley can pull the upset. But North Crowley's junior quarterback committed the TCU as a slot receiver is a dynamic high school quarterback. He can throw it, just not on a power five level as a quarterback. But he can throw it, and he is good with his feet, and he is a great leader. And I'm telling you, North Crowley, the left tackle, if y'all go to that game, his name's John Turntine. Uh, Texas offered him. He visited recently. 
Um, I think he's the best football upside football prospect in the state of Texas, period, in any classification, if he keeps on the path he's on. Uh, Bobby, I know you got to get out of here, but real quick before you do, can you let everybody know what to expect later today on On Texas Football? Yeah, lunch with the coach comes out today, guys, at around 1130 or so. Uh, I'm, I've already shared some texts back and forth with Brian Irwin to say he's tickled pink right now. Uh, the coach would be a, an understatement. Also, uh, we've got the talking ball with Jerry and Rod later today. Uh, we've got other things that could break. News could break today. We'll come in with special segments if need be. Uh, and then make sure you check out Inside Texas as well. Uh, lots of comments and uh, news and info there uh, too. Guys, just a, a glorious time to be a Longhorn fan. Keep after it. Uh, keep the faith. Uh, now let's get into recruiting. Uh, watch the portal today. Watch NFL announcements. All of those stuff. That, that all is going to get together and come together, I think, uh, quickly. Uh, and it will have an impact on the Longhorns' future. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in so much. We appreciate all the super chats. Appreciate all your support. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We encourage you to do that. And let everybody know out there about On Texas Football as well. I uh, want to thank Fanatics for doing the 12 Days of Christmas Manscaped. And then, of course, Longhorn Wealth Management Group and John Donovan for sponsoring today's show. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome.